Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Groover. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kathy Groover. And I'm Jason Mefford. Hey, today we have back one of our favorite people, Corey Blake. Corey, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Lovely to see you two again. We're so happy to have you back. Thank it's you. Been, it's been a long time. And I know this literally the second we got off the air last time, we're like, when can you come back? So it was such a great conversation. We're all so in alignment. So I know you have a couple new things that you are all working on. So why don't you share uh, what's new in your world? Yeah. So our, our roundtable storytelling academy, where we've got you know these, these classes that are running and we're listening uh, and supporting people and telling just the most stunning, remarkable stories. I actually got to hear Jason's like rich, gorgeous background the other day. It was in, like insanely moving. Uh, and um, and we're, you know, as, as that community of people who are taking our classes um, is, as they graduate, they're, they're getting in our faces about more stuff. So we are playing with, uh, with additional content. And, and so two of the things that are really topical for me right now are the topics of uh, one course we call Beyond Active Listening and another one on asking powerful questions. So all, all tied to how are we a co-creator in other people's stories that are manifesting, right? It's not, uh, it's not a singular practice. We, uh, as others who hold space for people who tell stories, we, we play a very significant role. And so it's about uh, kind of augmenting those skills. That's amazing. And as a coach, I mean, those are the two things we do, right? We're listening and we're asking powerful questions. And I went to um, CTI and one of the big, we had like an entire class on asking powerful questions and making sure they were open-ended questions, not like, oh, you must've been really upset by that, huh? Because let's talk about a leading, terrible leading question. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, what is beyond active listening and what are powerful questions? So when we, um, when we uh, engage in, in the whole act, active listening model, right? Um, there's, there's listening with the intent to reply Right, which is a certain form of listening that I think just most of us inherently engage in. It's kind of a human default because we, we are excited to respond and participate. And then active listening, um, the, the, the way that I view it is, um, it is, it is collecting all of the data that is coming off of someone who is sharing while also being aware of all of the data that is internally manifesting for myself as the listener. And then how do we sort through all of that information and find what is most figural, what is most compelling and captivating to us so that we can zero in on that piece. And we think of it very much as um, a storyteller when they're sharing they're I talk about it like they're, they're opening, they're cracking open doors and windows in what they are willing to share, what they're not willing to share, the kind of language they use the rhythm, the tone, there's all this information that they're just exuding and all of it, everything that they're, that they're sharing is an opportunity. And we have to decide, right, where are we most curious to lean in and be supportive to whatever's manifesting. And so we, we have to select and, and choose those things. So the active part of listening is like, is the sorting mechanism in many ways and de determining, right, what is it that we find most moving? And then how do we connect that to a response that can support them in making their own meaning as opposed to like you're saying filling in potential mm -hmm. meaning that they're just going to maybe 
you know, glom onto, which we also do as human beings. Right? So how do we how do we share in a way that supports them ideally accessing um, an aspect of their story that they haven't had access to before so they can deeper their own relationship to it? Wow. But I, I think it's interesting that you bring up too, you know, as part of that, that a lot of times when we're talking to people, right, how are we reacting to it, right? Because again, sometimes they'll say something that might be a trigger to us, right? And so this is a lot of times how conversations go off the rails, right? <laughs> if somebody says something, we get a little triggered about it. And then that obviously changes how whether we're actually listening or not or whether we feel like we have to respond and so I think you know putting ourselves in check a little bit as we're listening to people seems like such an important part especially what you guys are doing in in helping people share their stories being curious leaning into that yeah how do how do we do that as, as people because we we come into this wanting to make judgments, wanting to make meaning. So what are some things that we can do ourselves to make the listening that we're having with other people better? Well, you're certainly highlighting that um, some engagements are for conversation, some are for debate. We're talking specifically about when we are entering, right, for the sake of being of service, whether that's a, as a coach right, or as someone who's supporting storytelling. So the context and the framing there is important. Certainly, you know, in other contexts, yeah, this takes a fair amount of energy to do and intentionality. I find it incredibly rewarding, so I tend to do it a fair amount, but there's plenty of environments where it's not necessarily the, the appropriate tool for the job. But in those moments when we're being of service to someone else and want to be supportive of their story, these are some tools that we can really lean into to, to support them in, um, in that deeper access to something that they haven't yet had the opportunity to acknowledge or be aware of. I love that you just made that distinction uh, because it's gonna be a really boring conversation if you're just in this active listening space and just, uh -huh. what do you think? Yeah, it would be, you know, uh, so I love that you made that distinction and that's true. You know, it's like, I have a client uh, who often finds himself interrupting because he has things that he wants to share or he feels like he can contribute something important. And he's been struggling with where is that balance between, oh, I can help you with that. And just letting the person finish their sentence and finish their thought and wait to see if they ask for more info or, you know, he's really struggling with that. So just in our daily conversations, you know, it's easy to interrupt and be, you know, going into that, oh, I have something to add or I can, I can be outdo that, which a lot of people do. It's like, oh, my toe hurts. Oh yeah, your toe hurts. My back's killing me. It's like, whoa, it's not a competition, you know, but I see that people do things like that all the time. So maybe the act of listening that you're talking about isn't always valid for what's happening. And it is important to remember, we do want to give people a voice and we do want to sort of divide evenly the conversation, right? We've all had friends who completely dominate the conversation. That's not good either. So when you're, you're, when you're working with just in the real world, working with people, how do you kind of find that balance point between the listening and the supporting their story and the self-sharing, if that makes sense? Um, yeah, well, what a, what a fun question. I think, uh, I, I, so I often um, do take on uh, more of a support role. It's kind of, I actually get a lot of reward there. And there are times where, um, where I'll actually use a piece of my self-authoring in service to the other 
person, right? So sometimes it can create an access point for somebody, right, to share. Like, I, I love the example that you gave of the, the, the person who's interrupting. The way that it was described, right, I had that internal awareness or, or that curiosity of, oh, it sounds like you're really eager to rescue other people from their own lives. And that makes me super curious about your need to be a hero. Like, where does that originate from? Now, where will they take that? I don't know, but probably somewhere way more interesting than, hey, cut it out. You're being an ass. <laughs> yeah, because that's going to shut down the conversation. Right, yeah. Can uh, I finish my sentence? <laughs> but what you just did there leads into kind of that second part about asking the questions and, and asking a question in such a way that we're really being curious instead of judgmental uh -huh. and letting the conversation go where you don't know where it's going to go, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times the other person might have no clue either where the conversation is going to go until the question gets asked. Or that they're interrupting constantly. Some people don't even realize they're doing that, that oh, they've yeah. asked a question. I have so many clients that have asked me questions and I get a half a sentence into it and they just keep talking. I'm like, I think you just asked me a question. Did you want me to finish the answer or? Okay. Yeah. Or do you not? And I'm really curious if that's what you like. Right. So, so what, what are you hoping for in this? Right. Like, <laughs> Right. But that's, well, to, that's fine. To me, it's, it's about the curi it is about the curiosity. And we, you know, we've talked about internal family systems and ego states a lot on the show. And I think you, you're familiar with that as well. It's about staying in self. And one of the qualities of self is curiosity, right? And that courage to ask those, those powerful questions. So, so we, yeah, we've headed to the question part uh, and you've already asked a couple powerful questions. So um, how would you define powerful questions for people who want to be better at that? Um, I think what I'm what I'm striving for when I'm both searching for my own powerful questions and also teaching other people is a, an, um, a question that is um, oftentimes disruptive in a way it's unexpected because it's because the level of authenticity of it is is very rich. Sure. So, you know, the the, the saying so how do we say the thing that sometimes we're all thinking it's it might be a version of that but how do we do it specifically from a non-judgmental place where i'm truly fascinated at your desire to be a hero left and right like right like there's so many aspects of that that could be just beautifully fascinating and part of that is just right if you, you have to be somebody who i think is 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 ultimately fascinated by the human condition and the things that that drive us yeah in life right but if i'm if i'm coming from that place then I'm listening for the things that that hit my body like a pinball machine. Like that's ultimately right. I'm kind of just remaining in this kind of stasis, like space where I'm consuming all of the information and I'm waiting for my body to respond to it. And as soon as it does, then I'm acknowledging, okay, here's the thing that you said. Here's the thing that happened to me when you said it. Right. And then and that is leaving me curious about this piece. So you said, right, that, that you need to, to jump in and, and let people know how you can fix a problem. And I found myself and said, I, I started leaning in. And my curiosity is it's both around how do, is around your need to be a hero. And is it possible that you have a need for other people to be a victim? And where does that come from? Right. So huh? if it's, it's, it is, it is that um, it, there's a, there is a personalization to it. No one can ask that question the way that I can, because it's, it's sincerely surfacing from my yeah. curiosity, 
each of us would have an entirely different version of that question based on the language that was used and, yep. and how you define the impact. I, in that moment, I was being pulled in, right? Yeah. But somebody else maybe pushed back. Someone else may feel nauseous, like this, right? Any kind of bodily yeah. response is available. But when we acknowledge that, um, there's something in the acknowledgement of physically what's happening that starts the other person in the process of making meaning. It's different if I would say, you said that and I was disgusted which is meaning making from something physically that happened versus you said that and ooh, I felt my stomach kind of like I started feeling a bit nauseous. Now they get to make meaning from what is it, you know, maybe they'll assign disgust to it. Maybe they'll assign something entirely different to it, but I'm letting them make the meaning, which I think is a very respectful gesture as opposed to when we, we do, we assign meaning to a lot of things. And particularly when we're in a relationship with someone who is trying to better understand themselves, if they can own the meaning, right, they'll take it out into the world entirely differently than if they're simply um, taking someone else's assigned meaning. Yeah. Well, I think that's a beautiful way of thinking about it too. You know, one of the reasons why in coaching you use questions as well, instead of telling people, right? Because nobody wants to be told what to do. I mean, we, we were told what to do our whole growing up as a kid, right? It's like, fuck that. I don't want to do that anymore, right? And as adults, you know, we, we kind of carry that forward too versus, you know, asking those kind of strategic and powerful questions that help the person come to the answer on their own. And, and, and I love the idea, you know, of, of it being unexpected, as well, because I think that's where a lot of times when we get asked a question we weren't expecting, that's when we start to uncover some of the stuff, right? As as long as it is accompanied by a sense of non-judgment, right? Because yeah. that's what creates yeah. them, that trust that I'm willing to go there with you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, provocative question in the absence of trust is a is a weapon. Yeah. Well, and I was just gonna say there has to be that place of psychological safety or else no one's gonna answer that question. You know, and, and I could see people getting defensive of that, of, I don't do that, I'm not trying to be a hero, what do you mean? You know, I could see people going that route if they're not ready for that kind of question or not ready for that sort of um, self-reflection. And to your point, Jason, about people don't wanna to be told what to do, I'm gonna disagree because I've had so many people come to my office for coaching and plop down and go, so what do you think I should do? And they want me to solve their problem. They bitch about people that I don't know for 45 minutes. And then they go, what should I do? And I'm like, you should go talk to a girlfriend because this is actually not what coaching is. You know, um, uh, so many people want to, I think they don't want to do the work. They don't want to be asked those questions. They don't want to dig deep. They don't want to hear their own story. They just want to um, be a passive observer in their own life and let somebody else tell them what to do. So I think there's, I think there's two sides to that. So interesting, right? I'm, as you're sharing that, I'm I'm thinking to back to a moment that happened just a few weeks ago, where I was in a, a, a tremendous amount of turmoil over our our business, this pivot that we're in the middle of. It was really painful three weeks ago. We weren't we're in this pruning process, and I called a mentor of mine who I trust very much, and I could feel in myself the desire to be rescued because it was so much turmoil. And of course, you know, when you're surrounded by people who won't do that, 
thankfully, right? Then, then I, so it was, it was both that I, I wanted to be rescued because I just wanted the relief from yeah. the, the, the suffering. And there's also, you know, the higher mind that knows I have to rescue myself. I can't rely on anyone else to rescue me. This is what I freaking teach other people. And yet, right, the human condition in that moment, I think absolutely we want to be, we would just, we want relief, right? Because suffering is brutal. And we also have to go and take it out into the world and grow, in which case we can't, can't grow through being rescued. We grow through, through self-rescue. So I, I, I love that distinction and, and, and the, the juiciness of, uh, of that conversation. I could imagine so many people plopping down in the office and being like, save me because this sucks and I want exactly. out. <laughs> Well, and it's, it's, I love that you say that because I think there is on some level this urging to do it yourself because I've seen so many parents, you know, I went through the same thing and now I see my son doing it. Why won't he listen to me? Because he needs to go through it himself. Like he can't grow from your suffering. He has to experience that himself, the heartbreak, the disappointment, the failure, the loss, the, unfortunately we have to experience that ourselves. Because I'm not a parent, but I was a kid. And I remember my parents beating their head against the wall and going, don't make the same mistakes I did. It's like, well, I have to. Maybe not the exact same ones, but if I don't make those mistakes, then I'm not going to grow. You can't live my life for me. You know, so I see that a lot with, with friends of mine who are parents just trying to rescue their children or helicopter, you know, helicopter parent do everything for them to save them this turmoil. You can't. It's not going to work. Welcome to the human condition, right? Mm -hmm. We're all spending our time trying to save each other from our own pain, but it's also the thing that made us who we are. And so we're trying to save each other from who we are. It makes no sense, but we're doing it all the time. Yeah. But what if you're an asshole? (laughs) (laughs) Then I'm going to lean in and be real curious about (laughs) I mean, none of us and none of our listeners, but, you know, maybe there's someone. Well, and I'm sure that's why, Corey, when when you were going through this, this pain, right that you that you just wanted to get through when you called when you called your mentor they didn't take it away right and and i remember i I can't remember which movie it was but but there there there's a point you know when somebody kills somebody else and says you have to do this on your own right the dying you have to do on your own and and it's 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 kind of to that point right that if 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 we come in and we plop down and we're like fix all of our problems sorry can't do it right i mean there's a lot of people that try to fix other people's problems but that's something we've got to do on our own and so i'm sure your mentor said well Corey, (laughs) you got to do this on your own man you got to go through it right he couldn't he or she couldn't save you necessarily from the ordeal that you had to go through yourself so that you could get that learning. I don't know if it was intentional, but he made it more painful. And I oh. kind of, I'm so curious if like that was a technique huh? of, it's like, you're so close to rock bottom, buddy. Let me just help push you down a little further so you can get out of it instead of sitting in it for too long. Mm. His comments, they were, they were brutal. I wept on the phone after he made them because it was just like, I, he was pushing me in a direction um, that was a bit kind of on the fixing zone, but something that I rejected wholeheartedly, which made it more painful. I'm like unwilling to do that thing you're telling me I have to do and you're this person I respect. And then, so then I tell my team about it. I told Jen about it, who Jason knows. And, and Jen, like 20 minutes later, we're on a Zoom call and she's, 
I swear to God, for 15 minutes, she just said, no, no, no. She's and not a disagreeable person, so. Right, right. And then she yeah. made write on a piece of paper this person's name and thank them for their advice and then let them know that I was going to need them to sit in the corner for a while. And I had to put that sticky note in the corner and it's still sitting there. And I'm so grateful that he made it like more painful because it forced me to come to terms with the reality of my situation as opposed to sitting in any hope in a way that wasn't going to serve me. Oh. I needed to make some definitive decisions. And he supported me in doing that, even if it was through more pain. <laughs> well, because yeah. sometimes we have to get that pain pushed on us for us to actually take the action and do the thing that we know we have to do already. I mean, we, we sit around and procrastinate all day. I know I do, right? Of things that I know I have to do, but God damn it, I don't want to do it, right? And so we distract ourselves and we do something else until the pain gets so bad that we have to do it, right? So it's a gift in a way that this mentor kind of pushed you further and said, no, Corey, you know, not, not only am I not going to save you, but dude, you got it. <laughs> I'm going to kick you in the nuts, you know, and, and, and make it even worse. So you're going to get off your butt and actually do what it is that you need to do to get through this yeah. the way you need to get through it. Yeah. Well, and pain is also a sign of growth. Now for anybody listening, I'm not talking about you stubbed your toe. I'm not talking about chronic pain. Where I'm talking about that different kind of pain. I did a private Pilates class last night. I currently feel every muscle in my body <laughs> in like the best way possible. It hurts. And I'm like, Oh my God, I can't even reach my, I can't scratch my own back. But I know that my muscles are going to get stronger through stressing them in that way. Yeah. And that's the same thing with us emotionally, spiritually, if we're not stressing those muscles, we are not growing and getting stronger. And I think so often we forget about that, right? We don't want to feel that we want, we'll go run. Well, I won't, but I mean, some people do, they'll go run, <laughs> not running, um, or they'll lift their weights. You know, I have clients, but I did chest today. I'm like, uh, okay. Or their like leg day. I'm like, okay, cool. So, because they want to make those muscles bigger and it's not as comfortable to make our emotional, spiritual relationship muscles bigger. It's fascinating to me. Uh, and I think if we can remember that that pain creates growth, then it's, you know, reframing that in a different way. I had this super fun moment in the middle of my suffering when uh, I was thinking of a, of a Joseph Campbell quote uh, <laughs> where he says, he says, I don't think that people are searching for the meaning of life. He says, I think that people are, are searching for the experience of being alive. And in my moment of suffering, I, I had this just epiphany of, I'm really alive right now. And it's not the way that, you know, we, we always hope to be alive, but my goodness, I'm really alive. And the awareness of, we will probably never be as creative as a company as we are going to be forced to be right now as we fight for a certain kind of survival. Yeah. And if I can see the gift in that, I'm still going to suffer because we have to make some really hard choices, some heartbreaking choices. But man, to, to look at that as an opportunity was a huge mental shift. There was a, some immediate relief and some real deep curiosity that got ignited to also ask, like, what kind of suffering am I holding on to unnecessarily for whatever reason? And that was absolutely happening too. And I think I'm still in the process of releasing some of that. Yeah. All of it was like, asking yourself, you know, active listening to yourself and asking yourself powerful oh. questions. It's all the same stuff. Yeah. It, yeah. This well, is and it's, 
I, I was going to say, because I, 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 I feel some of the pain that you're that you're going through, right? Because again, as being a leader long enough, there's certain conversations like that that you need to have, right? And I, and I remember one particular situation where we had to let somebody go. And I, and I remember I was making meaning about what I was thinking they were thinking about it or what they were maybe thinking about me and about the situation. And oh my gosh, how hard I was making it you know, how hard it was going to be for this person, right? And then I saw her about two years later, right? So I had, I had kind of this, this grief and shame and, oh, you know, I can't believe I had to do that to her. But two years later, when I saw her, there was absolutely no animosity, no, you know, Jason, how could you do that? Instead, it was flipped around of, thank you, for doing that because I wasn't happy anyway (laughs) and that was the best thing to happen to me right is that sometimes again we're we're feeling like maybe we're causing other people pain or we're doing some of these other things but we're actually giving them a gift and we're giving ourselves a gift by the growth that we get through that pain yeah Absolutely. And we also can never know what anybody else is. I mean, we, we do these what ifs, right? What if I ruined her life? What if I did let, shouldn't have let her go? What if I, you know, we do these what ifs, right? It's about staying in the present moment. And I have two quotes by Techno Han, one of which pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. So it's up to us whether we're going to suffer through that pain. And the other one is why suffer twice? Uh, you know, if you ruminated for years about how you destroyed this woman's life, you didn't know that that was the case. That was a story that you made up. So, oh, humans are so fascinating i just love us so much <laughs> and of course we're we are we're hitting our time so uh cory any final thoughts any final pieces of advice for people who want to start uh being more conscious and present with their listening and asking questions um the one piece that that is still um kind of got a hold on, on me from, from <laughs> a bit earlier in our conversation i'll just toss out of of the act of being in service um through uh, you were talking about um, what about some people, you know, if there's not that, that trust yet, they mm. come across, I had said it could come across as a weapon. The, the aspect of um, we can sometimes use our own vulnerability to help make it easier for someone else to share. So if I say, for example, I noticed your desire, you're, you're, it seems like a need to be a hero. And oof, am I relating to that right now? Because I've been saving people left and right. I'm curious, where does that, I know where that comes up in me where where does that come from in you that's a very right a very different response so so yeah. i guess just that 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 piece of um tying things together with we can participate and be self-revealing and still be in service to others it doesn't have to be simply you know talking only five percent of the time and, and the other person being the one who's mostly doing the talking yeah i love that distinction that's amazing that was really good um, Corey, how can people reach you? Jason's being pensive. I can see his eyes going. That's uh, <laughs> how my mind works, man. I know. Oh, I love this guy. We could just talk all day. I love these conversations. Um, how can people reach you? What's your website? They can find us at, find us at roundtablecompanies.com, and that's companies with an I-E-S. Uh, they can find me at Blake 9000 on uh, Twitter and Instagram, and we'd love to interact. Anyone who's curious about stories and purpose, we have a free purpose workshop that we are just getting the most amazing rave reviews on. Oh. We encourage people, if you want to articulate your purpose in less than 60 minutes in a deeply authentic way that you've never done before, come find us. 
That sounds amazing. I'm excited. I need to, I need to reach out and start doing some work with you guys. I know you had a great offer for us and I just didn't have the time at the moment. So you're going to be, you're going to be with stuck with me for a little bit. Um, Very well. Good. Thank you. Um, I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So reach out to Roundtable Companies because again, this they're one of our favorite people and um, are doing some great work. I I know as well. I've been in, I went through the Story Hero course uh, myself and uh, doing great work. So if any of this resonated with you, make sure to reach out to them as well. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you on the next episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. See ya. Yeah.